Well, good morning. Good morning again. Uh, special welcome to those of you who are uh, newer or visiting uh, Troy UMC for the first time today. We're really, uh, really glad that you're here. Uh, we are uh, in week two of our Mission 1-8 series. Our leaders have been preparing for uh, this, uh, this uh, series to, to share the, the next steps of our church, uh, where we're going over the next uh, couple of years. And we've been, we've been preparing for, for this for, for months. Uh, I, I heard a lot of buzz and excitement after last week, and, and I'm really glad that, that you're here. Uh, I, I hope that uh, you picked up a mission guide. Um, if, if you do not have a mission guide, ushers, uh, you, you guys are, are ready uh, to just hand out to folks who don't have one yet, because I'm going to say, hey, turn to this page, turn to this page. Uh, so uh, keep your hands up. Uh, they're they're going to hand them out as, as uh, we move on. But uh, in this guide, you'll find all kinds of things, uh, uh, especially a 30-day journey. Uh, which is a devotional journey that we're asking everybody to participate in. Uh, there's enough for everybody. So um, um, if, if there are two adults in your household, grab, grab two. Uh, don't just grab one. But um, uh, definitely uh, uh, grab one of these. And if you get them, uh, open them up to page 37. And if you didn't bring it back with you, do that next week. Uh, because we'll be going through this uh, each, each, um, each week throughout this series. But... Uh, 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 turn to uh, page 37 is the beginning of the 30-day journey, and if you didn't have one of these, then, then you do have an excuse why the first couple of pages are blank, uh, but uh, flip over to page 7, which is Sunday, October 21st, today. You might want to take some notes, but uh, does anybody remember where the 1-8 in Mission 1-8 comes from? Anybody? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. That's right. Uh, these were Jesus' final words to his, his followers, to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. Uh, and they, in these words, he gave them uh, their, their, their mission, what they were to be about. And, and this is what he said. He said, the, but the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will, uh, uh, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then after he said these words, Jesus, he disappeared before their very eyes. He, he ascended into heaven, um, and his followers never saw him in the flesh again. Uh, instead, they received the gift uh, that Jesus promised, the gift of the Holy Spirit, which empowered them, as it does us today, to be his witnesses, to, to share the love of God with people everywhere. And, and last week, we saw how this mission that Jesus gave them worked. They were to, to start where they were at in, in Jerusalem, and then they were to take the next steps beyond where they were at to the, the surrounding region, Judea, uh, to, uh, and share the love of God with, with people uh, that were kind of like them. And then uh, after that, they were to take the step into Samaria, which was kind of a different culture, different people than them, uh, but was very close by. And then they were to expand and continue on to the ends of the earth. And, and if you missed it, uh, last week I shared how our mission 1-8 has similar steps. 
how we uh, intend to uh, stay where we're at and do uh, all the things that we have been doing uh, ministry-wise um, as a church. Uh, that's kind of our Jerusalem. We don't want to stop doing those things, but we also want to expand, make more room for more people. Uh, that's our Judea. I shared last week that uh, some uh, children's ministry expansion that we've uh, been doing. We've already kind of got a head start on that, and we um, want to expand our, our community within the church um, and connect uh, one another in journey groups um, and, and invest more there as well as in combined worship services where we can uh, share meals together. Um, and uh, we've got a variety of other things, uh, expanding a couple of staff roles uh, with a, a new staff hire and, and uh, care more for uh, first-time guests by improving our signage just so you know like what store to enter. And just uh, We, we want to expand and make more room uh, for more people doing the things that we've already been doing. But then we also uh, want to step into the next, kind of our Samaria, which are some new initiatives uh, to connect with new and, and different people, people that we're not already uh, connecting with. Part of that is paying down the land debt uh, for the, the ball fields, which we are using to connect with, with new uh, people that, that we weren't connecting with before. Uh, but we also want to start a men's ministry. Uh, we want to uh, move to a, a Facebook live worship service. So those of you who are watching online don't just have to watch me. You get the whole thing. Uh, we want uh, to um, improve, uh, actually start a new uh, evening, Sunday evening worship service in St. Jacob uh, with, uh, called a dinner church where people will share a meal and, and participate and, and worship uh, together there. Uh, we want to uh, have a plan for expanding our facilities uh, uh, for future growth. So we want to kind of get that master plan over the next couple of years. We've we got great opportunities to reach new people. Uh, but we don't want to stop just kind of with us. We want to continue to the ends of the earth. And so uh, we want to develop deeper missions partnerships with um, uh, ministries of a broader region, uh, nationally, internationally even, uh, as we increase our, uh, our benevolence, our mission giving budget uh, from 5% uh, where we're kind of at now of, of our general budget to 10% um, within the next couple of years. So, uh, so that's a rough outline of how we as a church want to reach widely uh, over the next couple of years, inviting more people on a journey with Jesus here, um, in our community and broader region, and even around the world. But we can't do this under our own power. Uh, that, that is way, way too daunting. Um, and so we can only be witnesses of Jesus with the power of his Holy Spirit. Uh, the power of his Holy Spirit, which, which transforms our hearts, gives our hearts love and boldness and compassion um, and courage. And among other things, hearts of generosity. You know, soon after Jesus ascended into heaven, the gift of the Holy Spirit was given to his followers. And they, they started, they carried out Jesus' mission. And they became the most generous people our world has ever seen. Now, what we see in the book of Acts, uh, a couple of places that describe the activity of the early church, which you heard uh, read just a, a few moments ago. Just amazing generosity. I don't know if you caught that. Uh, or if sometimes the scripture just kind of goes over your head. But it was ama amazing generosity. People sold their property and, and gave uh, to each other as they had need. They, they didn't feel like what they owned was their own, uh, but they, they shared everything. And because of this, uh, there, the Bible says there were no needy people among them. Now, can you imagine that? And outside the Bible, 
Uh, so people who weren't even Christians, historians from the time period, they, they, they were witnesses of this, the early church's generosity. Uh, Christians in Rome, in particular, uh, were, were known for their generosity to all peoples, not, not Christians and, and non-Christians alike, um, even in the midst of heavy, heavy persecution. Uh, in fact, in the, the second century, a uh, Roman writer named Lucian, he wrote this in the second century, so the 100s, uh, he wrote this about early uh, Christ followers, about these Christians. He, he said, the earnestness with which the people of this religion help one another in their needs is incredible. They spare themselves nothing for this end. Their first lawgiver, Jesus, put it into their heads that they were all brethren. You know, what's amazing about the early church's generosity is that it alone may have been the largest factor for the, the early church's rapid growth. Uh, people were, were primarily convinced that Jesus is who he said he was precisely when his followers practiced the love and the mercy and the generosity that, that Jesus first preached. In, in other words, uh, people uh, became Christians because the self-sacrificing generosity of the early Christians was such a compelling witness. Uh, they gave without reservation. And, and it begs the question, at least it does in me, why? Why, why did the early church practice such generosity? What compelled them to do so? Did they give because they were coerced? Did, did, they, did the early apostles, you know, get together in their committee and say, you know, let's do some real guilt arm twisting and, and make, them, make them give? Say, if you don't give, you're out. Uh, did they do that? Uh, did people give out of a, a sense of guilt-ridden obligation? Probably not, I, because Jesus, I mean, his, his teaching about this was, he quoted the Old Testament saying that, that he desired uh, mercy, not just sacrifice. Uh, for, for Jesus, it was about the condition of, of, of somebody's heart. And, and that's why, uh, personally, I, I, I just always tread lightly uh, when speaking about money and finances in, in church. I, I fully understand that many people, uh, uh, particularly those uh, newer to the church or m maybe just visiting, uh, either feel uh, maybe put off or, or guilty when, uh, when the offering plate is passed or when um, you know, the pastor starts talking about uh, giving or finances. Uh, it enhances kind of the, the sense of, oh, the church is only after your money. I, I get that. Uh, so, so I tread lightly. But, I, but you need to know the early church wasn't generous because they were forced to be. You know, people weren't arm-twisted into laying down their lives for the sake of Jesus' mission. That they gave freely and, and with, with great joy. And, and here's why I think they did. I, I uh, want to illustrate this with uh, another report, uh, another uh, eyewitness uh, report of an eyewitness account uh, recorded by Luke, who is also the writer of the book of Acts, uh, which we've been in uh, these past couple of weeks. Uh, but this, this story is of Jesus' life uh, that, that Luke records here in, in chapter 7 of the book of Luke. Um, in, in this, um, before I read the, the passage, Jesus had been invited to, to dinner uh, at an early uh, religious leader's home. And while they were 
uh, reclining at the dinner table. Isn't that cool, uh, young people? Uh, you just want to lay down everywhere where you eat, like put your feet up on your chairs. Well, back then they didn't even have chairs, so they all laid down. And kind of their feet were extended kind of uh, back b- behind where the table was. And it says in the passage that an, un- an uninvited guest just showed up. And, and this guest, uh, she didn't have a name. All that was described about her was that she was immoral. And she showed up unannounced. And, and the Bible says that she brought with her um, a, a beautiful a jar of very expensive perfume. And with this uh, costly jar, she knelt at, at Jesus' feet, kind of behind where the table was. She knelt down at his feet. And the Bible says that with her tears and her hair and the perfume... She, she wiped and just kind of cried over and, and wiped Jesus' feet. Well, this scene, you can imagine, this is a, a prominent religious leader's home. It caused quite an uproar. And, and this religious leader himself, he thought, uh, he thought this. He thought, if this Jesus really is a prophet, then he would know what kind of woman is, is touching his feet right now, and he wouldn't let her do that. He would know how how much of a sinner she is. And Jesus, uh, knowing people's hearts, um, he he spoke to this man while, to the religious leader, while he looked at the woman. And and this is what Jesus said. After telling a story, um, he, he said this. He said, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, which would have been a common courtesy. Uh, But she was washed with them, uh, she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she hasn't stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I I tell you, her sins, and and they are many, they've been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only a little love. You you may want to write this down. Grateful people are generous people. She had been so loved by the grace of Jesus Christ that she, she didn't even count the cost of giving up her rare perfume. She didn't care. It didn't bother her in the least. She just wanted to give her very best to Jesus because he had saved her from her sin. And as the Bible says, they were many. He had brought her healing and grace and freedom. He had loved her unconditionally, and so she returned his love with overflowing generosity. Can I ask you a question? Um, Do you know, are you in touch with just how forgiven you are. Are are you living every moment of every day just gripped with the reality of your forgiveness and your freedom in Jesus Christ? I mean, when you're in those uh, awkward situations where you're you're forced to introduce yourself uh, to somebody else and to share a little bit about yourself. Does it ever strike you that maybe you should start with, I am the beloved child of the Most High God. 
Is that like the, the beginning point of, of how you see yourself, of your very identity? You know, if you know how forgiven you are, and your identity is in Christ, and, and, and you've taken the, the step to trust God with your heart, then, then you can certainly trust God with your money. If you can trust God with your family, then you can trust him with your resources. If you can trust God with your eternity, then you can certainly trust him with your budget now. Grateful people are generous people. Now, a, a big part of Mission 1-8 is that uh, everyone who calls Troy UMC their church home, uh, our hope and our prayer is that, that we would not only step out in faith to reach widely, but that we would do so by giving generously. It, it is my prayer that, that every single one of us would, would, would do the, the, the deep work of self-reflection and open our hearts to, to God stretching us and growing in us hearts of generosity. And it's my, my prayer that every single one of us would, would take uh, a next step on this uh, generosity ladder over here. Uh, I, I hope you can see it. Um, I, this is a visual tool that, that really uh, is, is just a helpful indicator of kind of figuring out where, where you're at presently in your generosity, but, but also to help you see maybe uh, where you want to be. And, and I hope over the course of the next few weeks, and if you have your mission guide with you, you can open up to page 21 and 22 that kind of spells this out a little bit. Um, I, I hope over the course of the next few weeks, uh, you can sit down um, uh, with, with, with your spouse, if you're married, and, and figure out where you're presently on, at on this ladder. Uh, maybe you're kind of at a, a beginning rung where uh, it's Maybe you've, you've never given, or you've just kind of given once, or, or maybe you're an occasional giver who, you know, you give sometimes when, when you're here, and, uh, and maybe you're at the next rung where you, you've made the intentional choice, I'm going to be a regular giver, maybe you even budget for it, and you, 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 you give uh, consistently, but it's uh, at a percentage uh, lower than, than the tithing rung, which is the, the first 10% of your income. Um, uh, but maybe, maybe uh, you're, you're kind of a giver beyond the tithe, uh, somewhere in the extravagant or uh, courageous range. Uh, wh where are you at now? That, that's the first question. But the, the second question is, where in your heart do, do you want to be? When, when you calculate your gratitude to God, where, where do you want to be uh, on that ladder? I, I tell you where, where I'm at, my, my family is at. My wife and I, I I've shared before, uh, when we were married a little over 18 years ago, we, we just uh, came into our marriage with the commitment that we were going to be tithers, uh, just off the, off the top. God had been, goodness, so good to us uh, that, that we wanted to, to live at that, that generosity level. Um, and, and so we had each been uh, practicing that individually before we got married and and uh, wanted to continue that. And so, so, uh, uh, yeah, and so we lived there. And, and a few years ago, we came to the point where, where we were kind of challenged in a sim similar way as maybe God is challenging some of you. And, and we were like, in our hearts, we want to be, goodness, we want to be courageous givers. We, you know, you see those, 
uh, stories that kind of go viral about somebody just kind of giving above and beyond and it transforming somebody's life. And just, you know, we, we, so many people have been courageous in their giving that it inspired us. We wanted to be at a point like that in our life sometime. And, and so we thought if we're ever going to get there, then we need to at least take a little step to get there, that we can't just jump all in at once, that we need to take a step at some point. So we, we uh, stepped off the tithing rung and into the extravagant giving rung. Uh, we, we jumped up a, a bit of a percentage. And, and, you know, in some of our financial conversation, you know, we've had it in our hearts and our minds that we want to uh, be wise enough now such that as soon as possible, uh, someday we, we can be at a position where we don't need to depend on a paycheck to, to, to live, uh, that, that we can be, give freely of our resources and our time and our energy to do whatever God has, is asking of us. And we know that if we're ever going to get to a point like that, that, that we need to keep taking steps. And so, so we're at the point of needing to, to take, at the very least, a step within a step uh, on the extravagant uh, rung uh, up toward uh, courageous. Uh, but where are you at on this ladder? Uh, more importantly, where, where would you like to be? Where, where does your heart say, gosh, I'm so grateful to God? I want to be somewhere. What, what is that next step or steps that God is leading you to take as he grows your heart of generosity? Uh, and if you, you flip to page 24, you can see some of the goals uh, that we have prayerfully considered for Mission 1-8. And, and really our, our, our top goal is we just really want everybody who calls Troy UMC their church home to participate um, somehow. And we're really praying that... that uh, you know, of everybody who participates, that 50% of us, that we take at least one step or even a step within a step um, on this ladder. Um, and hear me on this. Our, our goal in this is, is not that you would uh, cash in your bank account uh, or that you would uh, maybe uh, sell your home and, and all of your possessions and, and lay it at the feet of the leaders of the church. <laughs> that's, not, that's not our hope. You, you can only do that really once in, in your life <laughs> uh, because then it's all gone. Uh, no, really, uh, our goal is that we just take the next step. T -t take the next one, something that is sustainable. Now, I I'm, I'm sure that that will require sacrifice. That will require change. I mean, you're going to consciously have to decide to go without something that you're used to living with. That makes complete sense. Uh, but, but it'll be a sustainable generosity lifestyle change done out of gratitude uh, and, and hopefully no sense of guilt. Now, I, I fully realize that some of you may, may need to step back and, and look at the overall, your overall financial picture um, to make some of these decisions. This isn't, uh, you, you can't just change the giving piece without looking at the, the big picture, the saving piece, the, the earning piece, the, uh, you know, the investing piece, uh, all those pieces. Uh, you may need to find a way to speak with your spouse about your finances. Not the easiest thing to do sometimes. Um, but uh, you, you may need to get a healthy perspective. That, that's why next weekend we are offering a biblical financial seminar uh, next Saturday, October 27th, 9 a.m. to noon. Um, and, and today is the deadline. Um, so uh, you can sign up online, uh, on, even on your phone right now, uh, on our Mission 1-8 page. Um, uh, or you can take your connections card and just write, uh, sign me up for that financial seminar. It's here, 9 a.m. Um, 
Uh, let us know if you need childcare for that. Uh, but uh, but s- sign up for that. And you can put that in the offering plate as it goes by. Uh, we'll, we'll follow up with you to let you know um, kind of how to prepare. But, but you may have all the answers already. Uh, sometimes the right answers don't lead to action. And so this can be a kickstart <laughs> for you, even if you have all the answers. And, and, and this is a, would be especially helpful for those of you who say, gosh, I, I am grateful to God. I, I want to be at, you know, the courageous level. or, or whatever. But I just don't see how the numbers add up. I don't see how that's going to be possible. Um, so this can be a, a, a seminar that can help you maybe see the bigger picture and, and uh, be stretched a little bit. But some of our other goals include higher participation in, in online giving as well as uh, a whole bunch of people saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump onto this ladder somewhere um, and become first-time givers. Uh, but, but I want to connect the dots here a little bit. You know, last week I shared some of what our two-year uh, Mission 1-8 some of those initiatives, what they include. I shared a little bit this morning. Uh, it's all in the book. Uh, you can watch online uh, the message last week. But, but if you turn to page 15 and 16, uh, there are some price tags attached to these. And we just want to be completely transparent about the cost of ministry and where it's going, uh, what, what, what it involves. Um, and so this is an overview on these pages, 15 and 16. And uh, uh, the bottom line is for us to fund everything that I've talked about last week, and I was like a fire hose, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was pretty excited. But uh, to fund everything that, uh, all of the vision, uh, for the next two years, the, the total income that we would need as a church would be $1.9 million. Um, uh, just for what we're already doing, it would be a little over $1.5 million. So the vast bulk of that is just what it costs to do the ministry that we're already doing. Uh, but, but the kind of the expansion, the building upon that uh, breaks down this way. About a, hundred, a little under 200,000 would be to uh, widening our reach and expanding ministries that, that we already kind of are dabbling in at the very least. Uh, 63,000 of that uh, would be to uh, starting the new initiatives and, and some debt reduction, as well as 87,000 uh, for uh, expanding our benevolent giving, our our reach beyond ourselves as we grow our missions budget. And by the power of, of God's spirit at work within us, helping us to, to reach widely uh, by giving generously, goodness, this is possible. And you, you can even look at some of the stats on page 23 to see the growth opportunity of generosity uh, w- within our church community. God can use Mission 1-8 to uh, to grow our hearts, to grow our generosity, and to grow the, the, the broader ministry of our church. And I, I believe this will be a truly life-changing experience for some of us. Um, I, I know it will be a culture-changing experience for our entire church as God helps us collectively take the next step. I, I can't wait to see the fruit that's born from it. We, we may never know all the fruit that's born from it. Uh, but I know that you'll have more questions uh, and I believe most of them uh, will be answered in, in your mission guide. Uh, but if, in case something doesn't make sense or you have some, some questions, uh, uh, you're invited to stick around after our final worship service next week. Um, right here in this place at about noon, uh, we'll just have an open-ended uh, Q&A time uh, with, uh, uh, with some of our vision team and uh, folks who have uh, worked on this, our leaders who have worked on this. Uh, but that's... that's Here's the high-end view of what comes next. The next few weeks, in the rest of our series, 
uh, we're going to, uh, uh, I hope that we'll all prayerfully walk through the mission guide through our uh, 30-day journey, uh, you know, discuss what's going on with your journey groups, uh, with other people in the church, uh, ask questions, uh, come to the Q&A if you have those questions that have gone unanswered, participate in the 30-day journey, and see, see how God is speaking to your heart, and where he might want you to be involved on the, in this M18 challenge. Then, during our worship services on Sunday, November 18th, the, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, uh, we will come together, uh, we'll celebrate uh, communion together, and we'll bring our, our commitments in, in the form of kind of written out on a commitment card, a pledge card. Um, and this, this looks exactly like page 36 in your mission guide. On November 11th, we'll hand these out. We'll have plenty of them available on November 18th. Um, so you, you can just come with your, your filled out guide and, and transcribe it onto here that, that morning if you need to. Uh, but, but many of us will be taking significant steps in trust and faith on that day. And it will be an, an inspiring, unforgettable worship service. So uh, I, I hope you'll be here for that. Uh, now, I mentioned this last week, but I want to mention it again. It, if all of this money talk turns you off, and you're tempted to, to kind of let it just kind of sink in and grow a root of bitterness in your heart and say, I'm not even coming back these next few weeks. I'll just take a month off. Um, uh, let me just invite you graciously. Uh, you can sit this one out. Uh, I, please, please come back. Uh, uh, not every Sunday. This isn't going to be all about uh, finances the next few weeks. Um, it'll be about the why. Uh, but this is not a guilt thing. This is an invitation. Uh, you, you'll be loved regardless of your level of participation. You, you, you're not going to be judged for your participation or lack thereof. Heck, you might be the very reason why we have a Mission 1-8 initiative in the first place so that uh, we can share the love of God uh, with you and invite you to have your life transformed through the work of Jesus Christ and the ministry of this church. That There will be another time for God to stretch you um, in this way. It may even cross your mind to wonder why giving generously is even connected with reaching widely. And here's how. Just connecting the dots for you. Uh, you, you see, when, when you trust God with your financial resources and you give, just as a lifestyle, it stands out. It's countercultural. It, it goes against the grain of our, our broader culture and society. Uh, when you give generously because of what Jesus has done for you, I, I tell you what, it is reaching widely. People notice. It makes a difference. Uh, just, just ask the, the early church how these things were connected. When, when, when they radically gave of their possessions to advance the mission of Jesus Christ, you, you, you saw it in the scripture, people flocked to their community of faith. Their words and their actions were so aligned that, that, that it compelled an unbelieving world to just do a double take and, and see what, what are these countercultural, radical Christian people, what are they all about? What is this about? And, and, and it caused uh, a, a movement of God where so many people surrendered their hearts to Jesus despite the fact, and you need to hear this, despite the fact that doing so very well came with the threat of death. At the height of the persecution of Christians in Rome, 
in the late first and early second century, Christianity grew more than ever before, despite the fact that Christians were literally being thrown to the lions. And it grew because the alignment between the message that Christians preached and the overflowing generosity of their actions embodied. Friends, that is what I long for for our church. That is, that's what I long for for my life, that, that we would be known for our generosity and commitment to living Jesus' mission and that, that doing so would compel a skeptical world and, and be interested in the church and, and Christians that they meet in our church. And I believe collectively taking these steps of faith on our journey uh, will, will, um, will do just that. That God will do a work in us and through us as he aligns our message and our actions in such a way that more and more people are invited on this journey with Jesus. That's my hope and that's my prayer. But I tell you what, um, in, the, in our 30-day journey, we've got these uh, weekly prayer focuses. And you'll see uh, starting today on day seven that our weekly prayer focus is such that we would pray that the Holy Spirit would continue to empower our church uh, to make Jesus Christ known as we're his witnesses and as that, that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, would begin to transform people's hearts of those who are seeking him. But let's, let's pray together to that end right now. Jesus, we know that that's what you long for, that we would be your witnesses by the power of your Spirit. So we pray that, Lord, that you would align our message with our actions, that you would grow our generosity to, to meet the level of gratitude that, that we have in our hearts for your, for your selfless sacrifice on the cross that saved us from our sin and invited us into a wholehearted relationship with you. Father, as, as witnesses of Jesus' love by the power of your spirit in us, we pray that through our generosity and every way that we live our lives, that those who are seeking, that those who are maybe feeling a little lost, discouraged, those who feel far from you would be compelled to ask the question, why? Why, why are these people so welcoming? Why, why do they reach out to me? Why do they care for me? And we pray, Lord, that they would find that the answer is you. It's in the name of Jesus. And for the sake of Jesus' mission that we pray. And Lord, as we, uh, as we prepare our hearts for uh, the, the time of offering, uh, we just pray that you would take whatever is given and multiply it for the sake of those who you long to be a part of your kingdom. Lord, would you transform us, we pray in Jesus' name.